three things we do better at Disney than anybody else, and anybody could do it, but we hire better, we're very careful who we bring in, we train better, and we treat them better. No one makes magic in business like Disney. Join us as we hear from Disney cast members, influencers, and enthusiasts to uncover the secrets of what it takes behind the scenes to make Disney such a successful and well-loved brand. We will hear their journeys, inspirations, and have some good old-fashioned Disney fun along the way. So relax, pull up a chair, be our guest, and let's get down to bibbidi-bobbidi business. Today, we have an amazing guest on the show, Lee Cockerell. Lee retired as the Executive Vice President of Operations for the Walt Disney World Resort in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, a position he held for 10 years. His responsibilities encompassed a diverse mix of operations, which included 20 resort hotels with over 24,000 guest rooms, four theme parks, two water parks, five golf courses, a shopping village, and nighttime entertainment complex, and the ESPN Sports Complex, along with everything that has to go with that. Lee joined the Disney organization in July 1990 as Director of Food and Beverage and Quality Assurance for the Disneyland Paris Hotels. Prior to joining the Walt Disney World Company, he spent 17 years in various executive positions with the Marriott Corporation and eight years with Hilton Hotels. Lee is the best-selling author of four books on leadership, management, and world-class customer service. I'll have these awesome books linked in the show notes below. Lee and his wife Priscilla reside in Orlando, Florida, my favorite place on earth, and he enjoys teaching leadership, management, service excellence seminars, traveling, dining out, and most of all, spending time with his three wonderful grandchildren, Julian, Margot, and Tristan. Welcome to Bibbidi Boppity Business. How are you doing today? Well, that's good. That's a great name you got there for it. <laughs> Thank you. I had to put a little bit of magic into the name. While I love business, I do have a big place in my heart for Disney. So I thought by putting them together, we could have the best of both worlds. So <laughs> hopefully we can create some Disney magic on this episode together as our listeners get to know you today. So today I wanted to focus on your leadership and customer experience the Disney way. You've had many years of success and experience running the show behind the scenes. And I'm sure it's not been just because of a little bit of bippity boppity boo and some fairy godmother magic, but hard work and an experience. I'd love to hear about your whole experience from the beginning, like when you very first started and when you finally got to come in as a cast member your first day. Yeah, well, I have been in the business a long time. I started with Hilton when I was 20 years old and worked for Hilton Hotels for eight eight years, including the Waldorf Astoria in New York and Los Angeles, Hilton, and all over. And then I joined Marriott. I spent 17 years with them, and I was the vice president of food and beverage and planning for the company. And then I got recruited by Disney in 1990 to go to France and open Disneyland Paris. And so that's the first time I worked for Disney. I'd never, uh, I'd never even been to Disney World when I went to work for them. And uh, so, I, yeah, I'd been to Disneyland back in 1972, three, when we lived in Los Angeles. 
So that was new. And I didn't tell him that during the interview. I just didn't mention it. So I went right straight to France after spending three weeks in Orlando, kind of getting an, a bit of an understanding of the company, although it's gigantic and it takes a while to figure out how they work. And I spent three years over there. I was the head of food and beverage operations, and then I became the vice president of hotel operations, and then I came back to Orlando in 93, and I was put in charge of the hotel division, and two years later in charge of all of the operations at Walt Disney World, including the parks and all that. So the first day, I was totally, I had no idea what was going on. You know, it's all these new words, all these new slang. I didn't know what they were talking. They would send me somewhere for some training. I, it was difficult to find the place. And uh, yeah, you know, it was, yeah, I was a little taken back by all of it. It's huge. You know, Disney World is like a city. It's a big place. And we didn't have GPS then. So I had to kind of figure it out. But it, it it was good. Everybody was nice and everybody worked with me and showed me the way. And then I went off to Paris. And that's that was my beginning with Disney. Bon voyage off to Paris he went and the beginning of his career started. That's phenomenal. I think it would be really interesting to not only start a job like that, not in your home country, but also in a different country entirely. I'm sure there's cultural nuances and differences that you had to learn and adjust to and kind of implement that not only in your learning, but your leadership style as well. And I saw actually on your website, by the way, Lee has amazing resources on his website for anyone listening. And there was a quote that said, it's not the magic that makes it work. It's the way we work that makes it magic. And I really love that. How have you implemented this concept in your leadership style and guest experiences across the around the world? Yeah, well, I first of all, I consider myself a teacher, not a boss. And I, the, the people you teach are people. And, and I focus more on the people than I do the product. And so I would just say three things we do better at Disney than anybody else. And anybody could do it. But we hire better. We're very careful who we bring in. We train better and we treat them better. So I say hire them right, train them right, treat them right. And any organization will have uh, have a, a great reputation. They'll have low turnover. Cast members will wake up in the morning, want to come to work versus have to come. And uh, I'd say generally most businesses out there hire too fast. They don't train people enough. They don't set clear expectations and they don't treat them right. And that's why people are leaving. And young people today won't put up with that. So, yeah. I agree. Was it Marriott that said employees first? There was some hotel that owner that had the philosophy that if you treat your employees the best first, then your customers will have a phenomenal experience. Yeah, I think there's been a few leaders around. Bill Marriott started the company, you know, in 1927 and had nothing. And he was very clear with everybody that we treat people respectfully. We are we get involved in the business. We help people. We're there for them when they need us. And they take care of the customer. And it's so true, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, we all, unless I know you're committed to me, I'm probably not going to be committed to you. And this is what happens. It's a very clear philosophy that there's no upside to not treating people well. You know, it's, it doesn't even make any sense why you, you would do that. So... Training's a big deal, you know, training people. That's how you give them a better life. That's how they get advanced. That's how they get promotions. That's how they feel more comfortable in their position. 
knowing what you're doing. And it also shows that the leadership cares about you. If I take the time to train you and spend time with you and make you as good as you can be. So there's a lot of subtle messages when you're training people right, spending time with them and treating them right when they have personal problems or when they have business problems or when whatever that I'm going to be there for you. Well, that puts people at ease. They don't go looking for another job that way. Absolutely. And I've noticed that in Disney, a lot of people hold positions for quite a long time. Do you feel that those kinds of traits of of training and empathy and being honest with with the team has played a role in that leadership and, and retaining those employees as well with that loyalty? Absolutely. I mean, right. And about two October 1st, the former president of Disney World will have been there 50 years. He started in a restaurant cleaning tables. And that's not uncommon. A lot of people I mean, when people retire, they've got 30 years, 35 years, 40 years. I mean, and, you know, it's the same old story. What are people looking for? They're looking for a place where they matter and they know they matter. They're treated well. They can make a decent living, got some health care. And you live in Florida where the sun shines 300 days a year. And you get, yeah, you get, you get, you get, you have the opportunity to move up. Most of our management comes out of the hourly ranks over the years. Yeah. So they know there's opportunity if they do the right things. Opportunity is a big benefit. I I think that's phenomenal that it's widely known that if you work hard, no matter where you are in the company, Disney will encourage and support you to get you to the next level. You don't feel like you're stuck where you are. I think some companies, though, of course not Disney because Disney does an amazing job at this, may feel that there's some other, like they may feel differently about that. And some leadership styles differ from what, you know, you you run because some leaders are like are all about just the numbers and like making business. And like, what's a commonly held belief about being a good leader that you actually passionately disagree with? Well, I just what you said, I think a lot of people don't respect people. I mean, at the end of the day, your your frontline people create your bottom line. These are the people that deal with the business all day long. They face the customers. They come to work every day. I mean, yeah. anybody that, and a lot of that problem with just driving the numbers without helping the people is uh, just driven out of a lot of leaders who have a big ego and they think they know everything. And, uh, you know, you're never as smart as you think you are. You're never as good as you think you are. But a lot of people think they are. And that's the key at Disney. Everybody matters. Everybody matters. Every job that's done creates that experience you have when you come there. We couldn't leave anybody out. If we could, we shouldn't have them on the payroll, you know, if we don't need them. And we need them. Right. Just treat people well. I mean, that's, uh, I could tell you, I, trust is everything. And if I don't trust you, I'm not going to give you too much. I'm going to give you just enough to keep my job, but not extra. And uh, all kinds of good things happen when you have a great environment and culture. Because we all want to be in a culture where it's safe. People are helping us get ahead. They respect us. We matter. I mean, when why, why wouldn't anybody want to do that? I mean, that's what everybody, everybody wants that. But they don't practice it. Not just what you said. You need to be a good leader. You need empathy and discipline, just like a mother. 
Mothers are the best leaders because uh, they have empathy and discipline, and they use them both to develop their children. It's pretty simple. That's so true. Mothers do make great leaders for that reason. That That's empathy and discipline combined create great cultures, great experiences, and just honest relationships. And I think people are the core of any business at the end of the day. Businesses that do well and that succeeds. When you were in the daily grind of Disney, what were some daily ways that you kept yourself and your team on track with the mission and value of the organization? Yeah, well, I reminded everybody every day and every way from newsletters to when I spoke to them to when I, before I hung up the phone that our, everybody has a different job at Disney, but we only have one purpose and that's to make sure every guest has the most fabulous time of their life. That's it. I don't care if you order the French fries, cook them, serve them. Everybody is connected. And if everybody doesn't do that, you know, one lady said, well, I must be the most important at Disney because I order the French fries. They wouldn't be there. <laughs> you know, when you think about it, what if our people didn't clean the bathrooms? What if your bed didn't get made when you come back to your room? I mean, you wouldn't come back. Everybody matters. That's the one thing. I would always say at Disney, everybody matters and everything matters. So you got to pay a lot of attention to mm -hmm. detail. And because that's what we, we promise magic. And you know what magic is? Magic's when you can't figure out how I do it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yes. Always so many details in Disney that you wouldn't even expect the team to be working on and, and striving for. I remember when I went to stay at Coronado Springs Resort recently, I walked in and on the TV it had my name playing with music already, like, welcome Rita to the room and a little Mickey towel. And I was like, this is why I come here. I know the person that took the time to clean this room decided to leave a little bit of magic for me. And it was in the work. It wasn't something that was, you know, supernatural or anything. But yeah, I, I love absolutely how that is encouraged and it's, it's shown in the team. But there has to have been some challenges, I'm sure, you know, the show must go on is a, is a statement and a phrase for a reason because not everything goes as planned. So how have you overcome some challenges and what has been your biggest challenge as a leader? Well, we've had lots of challenges. And when you hire the right people and train them, they don't get, they don't look so big because people do their job and they know what to do. You know, 9-11, we handled that perfectly. We shut the parks down in 90 minutes, had everybody out, had them back to their hotels. Every cast member did their job. We have a system in place for crisis. We implemented it. We took care of the guests, put them up. Some of them had run out their credit card charges. We didn't charge them. We gave them food. We gave them kids entertainment. We And 9-11 was a tragic day, but we pulled it off perfectly. And that's, you got to be proud of that. And hurricanes and a recession mm -hmm. where you have to reduce your costs because we go through a lot of recessions in America every five, six, seven years. And so all the obstacles show up and we prepare for them. We don't get ready for them. We stay ready. We can anticipate the kinds of things that are going to happen. We didn't know it was going to be 9-11, but it could be a big deal thing. And we know how to open the command centers get everybody in there. Everybody knows what to do. And we just execute it and we do it. 
and it's it's a well laid out plan. It's practiced several times a year at random. We have a company that calls us and puts us through it at three in the morning, noon, whenever. We do a four or five hour exercise to make sure we everybody knows what to do. And so I would say Disney World is the safest zip code in America. Yeah, when the pandemic was really at its height and the parks reopened, actually, I was I felt safe going. The protocols for safety, at least for social distancing and the, and the masks were more <laughs> tightly upheld and res- and run at the parks than they were at like a grocery store a few miles away. So, I think what's key is what you what's key about what you said is the preparation and the execution instead of just rolling with the punches. No one will be able to overcome challenges if you're not prepared. Part of that, I guess, is having the skills to do that. So in your opinion, what are the top five leadership skills? Well, I think there's a combination of leadership and management skills. Mm. You know, you got to know at whatever work you're doing. You know, if you're a chef, you got to be able to cook. If you're a lawyer, you got to know the law. Uh, <laughs> but so knowledge is certainly important, depending. But a lot of jobs in today out there in the world, can, you can train people. And so I would say that's number one. Trust to me is absolutely the one. I mean, if you can't build trust and people trust you, they won't give you much. And so if you're skeptical about giving authority and responsibility and you want to sign off on everything, you're not going to be a good leader because people are going to avoid you and they're going to quit and leave. But I would say the other things are, I say education one, then experience. You know, people who have experience know more than people who don't. I don't care if you come from Harvard. Without experience, you don't get it. And then exposure, exposure to the world, exposure. I tell young people today, as soon as you graduate from college, get out of your village, mm-hmm. go to the big city, stay five years, learn, meet people from all over the world, other religions, other backgrounds, uh, everything, and you will become a different person. And whether you want to or not, it will change you. And you'll be more open-minded. You'll be less bigoted. You'll be less racist. You'll be all of those things happen. And I did. I went to Washington when I got out of the army. And when you work in the hotel business, everybody's from another country. They become your friends. You go out together. You eat together. You work together. And you change your mind about what you might have thought when you were 16, 17, or 18. So... Those are the things that matter. You've got to respect people at every level and understand that everybody matters. It's an attitude problem with a leader. It's not what you do. It's who are you? Can I trust you? Who are you? Are you going to be there for me? Are you going to be the person who can have hard conversations? Are you the person who can make hard decisions? Are you the person who has empathy? Can you demonstrate empathy? Can you demonstrate discipline? Can you, you know, mothers only care about one thing in the world. Safety and education. That's it. And everybody at work ought to be that kind of leader. Worry about the safety of your people and educating them, and the rest will happen automatically. So it's just you got to know what you're thinking, and you got to treat people just even the people, even the guests and the cast members who are sometimes do really stupid things or uh, rude, rude. You just, we don't let it go. Let it go. That's why I've been married 53 years. I let it go. And, uh, you know. You did like Elsa. You just let it go. (laughs) Yeah, there's no upside to aggravating people or trying to get even or trying to win an argument. 
I said, Mickey likes everybody because everybody has a credit card. So be nice to people. <laughs> That's actually really funny. <laughs> um, so on the topic of education or personal professional development, what are some resources or tools that you would suggest for new leaders other than your great online course and books, of course? Yeah, there's a million of them out there and it's not hard to figure out what they are, you know. Some of the, you know, Peter Drucker has a book called The Effective Executive. I read it. That book's 40 years old. The advice is still really strong in there. He was an amazing guy. Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Those are seven simple things that will make you successful. And, you know, there's a million podcasts to listen to on sales, on any business, anything you're doing, marketing, operations, tax accountants. I mean, there's a podcast for everything. So it's available. That's why we did our podcast, Creating Disney Magic, because it's 15 minutes. It has been on every single Tuesday for seven years. We've never missed a date. We've never missed a dime. And I, we're approaching 3 million downloads now. And I hear from people all over the world. I got a note from a guy from Moscow just the other day. He said, Lee, I've read your books and they work. <laughs> he said, I'm a better person and I behave better now. I never thought about it before. And it's about learning. You know, unless you think differently, you won't do differently. And you've got to get exposure. And I read, read. I read every night just for, I, you know, you get a new idea, a new way of thinking about things. Something I was shocked at how much I didn't know in my life. <laughs> you know, you got, you got Google, Google in your pocket. If you don't know something, it's your own fault. Mm -hmm. And there's courses online from Harvard and Yale that are free. If, if that's your, you own it. So yeah. if you're a new leader, you better be on it. You better be getting better every day because uh, there's a lot of competition out there, a lot of smart people. And if you want to be great, you've got to be better than everybody else. So with your attitude and with your competency, and your skills, you got to be honing them all the time. The best chefs get better, you mm. know, better and better. And that's what experience does. And exposure, that's how they find out new dishes. You go to <laughs> other countries in the world and education, they can actually manage their schedules, their budgets, their, you know, cooking is one thing. Getting everybody on your team to cook a thousand dinners, that's something else. So... It's not just skills and it's not just knowledge. It's how do you get people to do the right things and to want to do it, not have to do it. Want. <laughs> to want to do it, not have to do it. That is a whole, yes, that's amazing. That's a completely different way of operating for sure. I've, you've really brought some very valuable insights to our listeners about what it takes to be a great leader and a manager, but... What I think Disney really excels at and is known for around the world is exceptional customer service time and time again for the whole family. And it's one of the many reasons I continue to be an annual pass holder and enjoy going back. But what's something that you and your team achieve for guests at Disney that you're really proud of? Yeah, I think we made a turn back in the early 90s of paying more attention. We're going to have to figure out how to be better for the customer because competition is coming everywhere. The internet has arrived. People can find vacation destinations easily, some little place in nowhere. So our competition is anywhere you would spend your vacation dollars. That's mm -hmm. our competition. Anywhere, New York, L.A., Paris, 
we don't consider Universal and SeaWorld. They're good. They do a great job. But we want you to come to Orlando. Mm. And if you come to Orlando, we'll get our share. And we created a, a, a culture and we worked on it and we got we hired better people and we we got more careful and we trained them better so they could really execute better. So when you come down here, people know what they're doing. And the chances of you running into a rude cast member is almost zero because we are very clear about we're putting on a show and we're going to have a hit show and everybody's got a role in the show and you've got to perform that role every day. So clarity of expectations and teaching people and and just improving every day. The, the idea at Disney is every day we should all be thinking about how can we get just a little teeny bit better, mm-hmm. answer the phone a little better, clean the bathroom a little better, be nicer, be friendlier, keep the place cleaner. I mean, we're relentless. And that's how you get better in life is a little bit at a time. Yeah. And that's what we put in. We put in a... A culture, a culture where people are respected, included, involved, listened to, their opinion counts. And that's the kind of culture people want to be in. They don't leave that culture. Even though the work's hard and the demands are high, they still want to be there. Everybody wants to be at the best. Absolutely. I think something else Disney does really well for the customer experience is inclusivity with dietary needs or people that are differently abled that may have a walking impairment or something. Or, I mean, I saw a video about a young child who had autism that went to up to a Disney princess and she knew he was having a meltdown, but she knew exactly how to calm him down in the very snow white way, still stay in character and really create a magical experience. So I I love that Disney strives to do just a little bit better every day and in every way that they can in every area. But not every guest or customer will always have a great experience with a product or service because you just can't make everybody happy. There's always going to be that person. So what's the best way to address that kind of conflict and make sure that they're happy and taken care of? Well, when you confront one of these people and they show up and they're not happy, and I had them too, and everybody has that, is that you listen, Mm. number one, and you don't try to make it their fault, no matter, even if it was. And that's, uh, we listen and we let them finish, and then we tell them what we can do for them, and we usually do more than they expect, and we apologize. We don't get defensive. They're not mad at me. They're not mad at the cast member. They, they, they've got things going on in their life we don't even know about. You don't even know why they got that way. They, they've probably got 10 other problems. Their wife's not happy and their kids are spending too much and it's hot and, you know, they can't find their ticket. That's not our fault, but it's our problem. And uh, mm. we, we turn the problems around. We take obstacles and we figure a way to fix them. And uh, that's our goal is to fix them, not anything else. Sometimes guests are unreasonable, they, you know, they're really mad, they're really upset, but hey, we just be nice. <laughs> we're not going to make, they're, they're already having a problem, we're not going to make it worse. Our, our goal is to turn it around. And one reason, you know, guests come, the guests come here every three years their whole life, and uh, that's a big we want them back over and over and over and over, and we're not going to get cheap and say, ah, we can't take care of that. That's your fault. And that, that, there's no, 
again, no upside to that attitude. Definitely. You know, excellence is a frame of mind. I mean, it's a state of mind. And if your goal is to fix everything, that's what your brain will tell you to do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Speaking of an obstacle, the uh, the past year, or maybe a little bit even earlier than that, the parks really struggled when they had to close for a long time. So Disney had to do a lot of uh, research and restructuring internally to figure out how they we're going to adjust that. And I think one of the great things that they did was put a lot of focus on Disney Plus and the streaming services that they offer. So that's an example of how technology progresses and different tools are implemented in, in companies. So in your experience, like how can businesses make sure that they're using like technology and tools to their fullest and they're not replacing the human aspect of of operations and business. Sure. We talk about that every day at Disney because you got to get the balance right. Like anything you have, a, we have customers who would just be happy just to do technology. Young people, they're mm -hmm. no big deal. And we have uh, other customers or people from other countries that we need to interact with them and meet them and be available for them. And, you know, the best thing's always face to face, usually. Mm -hmm. Although today we're all getting more comfortable, like you and I are doing right now. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's not perfect, but it's not bad. Right. 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 And so you got to balance it, and and you got to really keep track of what the customer wants. You know, not what you want. What do they? What? And it changes with each generation. You know, there's more and more that are willing to go on the website and book their own vacation. There's a whole group that still wants to call the call center and talk to somebody. Over time, you know, 20 years from now, it'll probably be all technology. I mean, because that's what people want. And so the key in life is give your customers what they want, not what you want. And also what they need. You know, they want a vacation, but they need a safe place. They need a place where people are empathetic. They need, you know, you know, it's like. Everybody's got a different, you know, some guy says, I need a car, but I want a Mercedes or I want a Bentley, you know? Well, there's a reason why he need, he, he, he wants that. And I want a watch. Well, I have a no watch and somebody else wants a Rolex, you know? I just want to know what time it is. So you got to get customers are, you got to learn to personalize and individualize today. That's what the customer wants. And that's what we do well at Disney. We make people feel special. We treat them as an individual. You got a dining problem or an allergy or autism, whatever. We treat people as individuals yeah, yeah. and we don't try to pe treat people as the people. You know, it's you. When I'm dealing with you. I'm dealing with you. And you may have a problem that I have to figure out how to do, you know? And my son told me the other day, he was the vice president of the Magic Kingdom, and we were talking about how do you handle obstacles and unusual things. And he was walking in the park, Magic Kingdom, one night, and this couple from South America came up with their kids. And the lady said, sir, where, where can we get something to eat? And she said, he said, well, you, there's Tony's Town Square. You can go there. She said, well, it's a two-hour wait. And we really missed playing. We didn't understand how busy this place is. We'd never been here before. And literally, my mother is starving my son said, okay, come with me. He took him up to his office. He got a menu. They ordered. They brought the food up to his office, and the people had dinner. Wow. Now, who does that? You know? Yeah, you, absolutely. Can you do it all the time? No, but you can do it when you can do it. And uh, so, you know, you just got to think, how can I make this right? 
And, and you got to be the kind of person that gets a lot of satisfaction out of that. I mean, you feel good when you take good care of a guest and they're happy and they go off back to South America and tell everybody that story. Absolutely. I Yeah, I think it's so important that as we innovate with technology that we continue to listen to our consumers and not only what they want, but what is actually useful and valuable for them. So keeping the human element and that innovation is, is so important. When people write, send me a text and want to talk to me or, or they have a question, I want blah, 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 blah. I just pick up the phone and call them. I mean, get it over. I mean, <laughs> There's mass confusion in texting and email and just pick up the phone and call them and it's over in three minutes. And so, and they're shocked and they're appreciative. Yeah. And so you got to. I'm uh, actually the same way. <laughs> I like to call people on the phone. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's shift gears and get a little Disney fun into this last uh, round of our questions. It's going to be the Disney rapid fire question segment. Come on, everybody. Here we go. Off to question land. So, Lee, super serious question right now, all right? If you had the ability to make any Disney sidekick character come to life and be your longtime buddy for real, who would it be? Well, the first character I had a relationship with and spent time with and understood was, was Tigger. And uh, Tigger. When, I, when I first came to the company, I got to know Tigger real well. And uh, I like Tigger because he's high energy. He gets out there. He jumps around, has fun with the guests. And and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just that's a personality thing that I like. And he's famous, but not so famous as Mickey. It's hard to get next to Mickey. Everybody wants to see Mickey. And Tigger's <laughs> a good guy. He's, uh, he's, he's nice to Eeyore. I mean, come on. It's... Uh, T-I double gutter. That's that's Lee's friend. Yeah. Okay, so who's the miss who's the misunderstood, like the most misunderstood Disney villain that you think just actually had a hard time and you could have actually been friends with? Well, I think anybody, Cruella, maybe, because you know, we misunderstand most people when they're having a problem. Mm And maybe she wasn't hugged enough. Maybe her mother didn't treat her properly. Maybe she didn't get encouragement at home. And people turn into wicked people, but somebody did that to them. Yeah. Corella just needed a hug. You know, it's either your mother, it's your mother and father's fault or your grandparents or somebody. But you got to give people a break. A lot of people, when they're treated with, with empathy, will turn around over time. But mainly... Mainly evil people don't trust anybody and they, and they end up with bad judgment, hang out with the wrong people. It's like kids. You don't want your kids to hang out with certain people. And uh, most of the villains are uh, just these misunderstood people. Just misunderstood people that needed a hug from want, Lee or their want, mothers. I don't know. Yeah, they want to be better. Okay, so in your time at Disney, obviously you ran the entire shebang. What is your favorite Disney Resort hotel and why? Because I'm sure you've gotten to stay at some. And I've stayed at all of them. And I would have to say Animal Kingdom Lodge. And I probably mm. say that because my grandkids were all little when it opened and we took them there. And we had a room overlooking the Savannah. And my grandson, who was there, a little at the time, he said, Pappy, come quick, quick, quick. There's two giraffes kissing each other. And what they were both doing was eating out of a big same tree at the same time. 
And I'll never forget it. They're kissing each other. Yeah, so that's a good that's memory. That's so cute. And that, yeah, <laughs> wherever you spend time with your loved ones, that's usually what you remember because it was, a, yeah. you know, I've stayed in famous hotels all over the world. When I get there, they give me a big suite, but I'm alone. It's mm. not that much fun, you know? Yeah. I'd rather be in a little room with my so we sometimes misjudge why things are so great, but you know, mm. you, you always find out in the end, uh, the little things are, were the big things and that's what it is. Yeah. My, one of my favorite Disney resort hotels is the Grand Floridian during Christmas. Yeah. I think that it's so magical with the gingerbread and everything. But for me, it was because I was there with my family too. Yeah. And we buy gingerbread every year when they have that open. <laughs> <laughs> It's good, so cool. My grandson broke a piece off the house once. He was going to eat it. He like, did. You got to keep an eye on your, keep an eye on your children. He like sneakily took a piece from the gingerbread house. Boys, that's so yeah. funny. Okay, I'm curious about this. Um, I heard there's a Cinderella suite in Walt Disney World in the Ma- in Magic Kingdom at the top. Do you know how one or I could somehow gain access to said suite? <laughs> yeah, I get that. I hear that all the time. And I've seen it once that we built it, but it was for a promotion at the time. And guests mm. could win it every night for a year during one of the promotions at Disney. And I don't even know, maybe they still rent it, but not very often does somebody end up staying yeah. because all the issues park is closed you got to have a lot of security you got to have if there's a medical emergency mm-hmm. i mean there's a million things you got to think about if you're putting a, somebody up in that suite and so yeah we, i have heard that question a lot really yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i actually never thought about the safety issues of somebody staying up there on their own so wow but I mean, I guess it makes sense. I I think I don't want to stay there per se, but I wouldn't mind getting to take a peek at some point in my life. Maybe my wish will come true someday. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Lee, for joining me today. This was super fun. This wraps it up for our episode today. Lee, if anyone would like to connect with you, how can they do that? I'd say, like you said earlier, go to my website, lee at leecockerell.com. And everything I do is on there. My books, my podcast, which just doesn't cost anything. I have a Cockrell Academy now. It's an online course. We're, we're creating courses for universities now. And also for individuals. It, it's a subscription service. And it's got eight great courses on it around leadership, management, customer service. Everything's in one place. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today on Bippity Boppity Business. I appreciate your time and I hope everyone has a great day. You've been listening to Bippity Boppity Business. Like what you hear so far? Leave us a review in Apple or listen to us anywhere you prefer listening to your podcast. Until next time, have a magical day. See you real soon. <laughs>